calling all aspiring podcasters. This is your sign to start your own podcast because we have just the right tool for you. Before we started podcasting, we really thought that everything would be such a hassle, especially the editing. But we found the best and most convenient all-around podcast tool out there, Podmachine. Podmachine will take care of all your podcasting needs. From audio production, designs, and marketing growth, all you have to do is sit back, relax, and keep creating great content that sounds professional. It's time for you to start sounding like a pro with Podmachine today. Sign up and get a free episode trial. And once you're convinced of how good it can be and how it helped us, you can start for as low as only $49.99 for four episodes in a month. But wait, there's more. If you use our code PHMURDER, all caps, no spaces, you get one free episode credit upon subscribing. Just head on to podmachine.com and let them do the dirty work so you can do the fun stuff and sound like a pro. Podcast Network Asia. This episode may include topics, references, or discussions around sexual assault, domestic violence, stalking, physical violence, or subject matters that may be disturbing to some of our listeners. We do acknowledge that this content may be difficult. We also encourage you to care for your safety and well-being. Shocking, sad, revealing, and deeply researched, PH Murder Stories podcast covers the true account of infamous killings and true crime stories from the Philippines. There's no such thing as questions, just hidden answers. Stay tuned as we revisit the inconceivable crimes that exist. Some listeners may find the following content of PH Murder Stories highly disturbing due to its graphic nature. PH Murder Stories does not condone nor promote violence of all sorts. Viewer discretion is advised. Overseas Filipino workers are branded as the country's modern heroes for making a huge sacrifice of leaving their loved ones to provide them with a better life and future. However, despite considerable salaries abroad compared to the Philippines, the living situation of our modern heroes is saddening, as most of them face death, discrimination, maltreatment, and other forms of violence brought to them by their employers. One of the most gruesome murders towards an OFW happened in 2016 when authorities from Kuwait discovered the body of a missing Filipina placed in a freezer at an abandoned apartment. The gruesome discovery of her remains sent shockwaves across the OFW community. It caused the public's outrage back in the Philippines. Joanna Daniela Demafelis was a 29-year-old OFW who flew to Kuwait in 2014, hoping to find work and provide her family with a bright future. She previously worked as a housekeeper for her relatives in Paranaque City, to help her parents and eight siblings with their day-to-day lives in their hometown of Sara, in the province of Iloilo. At first, 
Joanna did not think of leaving the country. Still, she was forced to strongly consider leaving as a possibility in the aftermath of Super Typhoon Yolanda, which devastated the eastern Visayas region and caused her family to be homeless and to be indebted with their rented farmland. A month after the devastating tragedy, Joanna sought her distant relative's help to get her a job abroad. During that time, there were rising demands for house helpers in Kuwait. Five months after seeking her aunt's help, she finally flew to Kuwait with high hopes of redeeming her family's tragic losses caused by Super Typhoon Yolanda. Joanna's family was not thrilled about her decision to leave the country, as they know that overseas workers in Kuwait were often abused by their employers and treated like animals. However, despite the looming consequences of working overseas, Joanna was more frightened about not helping her family, who finally got her parents' approval to work in Kuwait and landed on a minimum monthly salary of $400 or 20,000 pesos. Like other Arab countries, Kuwait uses the Kafala sponsorship system, an old-fashioned arrangement for foreigners seeking work in the expatriate-dominated country. Under the system, migrant workers like OFWs cannot enter the country to work just on their qualifications. They need to look for a sponsor who will act as their bridge to the country. Sponsors can be multi-million dollar companies or simply Kuwaiti families looking for housekeepers. OFW deployment to Kuwait is mostly hinged on the latter. According to data from the Philippine Overseas Employment Administration in 2018, over 240,000 Filipino workers are deployed in Kuwait for work, around 165,000 of whom are mostly female domestic helpers. In the case of domestic helpers, Kuwait requires a domestic servant visa usually processed by a recruitment agency. The employer gets to keep the worker's passport. The worker cannot change jobs without the approval of her employers. If the employer fires his worker, the worker would have to look for another sponsor or be deported. If the worker escapes from employment, he or she can be penalized. Sadly, the laws that protect foreign workers in Kuwait are considered to be ineffective. The strict measures left Joanna with no other choice but to follow her employer's house rules, such as the confiscation of her passport and mobile phone. She was also only allowed to have access to her cell phone for three months. At first, Joanna's sister, Joyce Demafelis, contacted her sister from time to time and told reporters that Joanna did not mention any problems with her employers in Kuwait. However, Joanna became unreachable after their final call with her in September 2016. The Demafelis family felt there was a problem when they couldn't find two of Joanna's Facebook profiles after their call. They tried to reach her roaming number, but she didn't answer. Seeking to find out what happened to Joanna, the Demafelis family asked the Overseas Workers Welfare Administration and the POEA to help with Joanna's sudden disappearance. 
However, the two government agencies hit a dead end to find Joanna as her recruitment agency. Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Global E-Human Resources Incorporated, had already closed. A year later, Kuwaiti authorities were searching for a Lebanese male, Nader Esam Asaf, and Syrian female, Mona Hasun. Both were husband and wife that were being investigated because of unpaid dues. However, upon arriving at their abandoned apartment, the police made a shocking discovery when they opened the freezer with a lifeless woman's body, which turned out to be Joanna Demafelis. Base sa autopsy ng forensic doctor sa Kuwait, ang cause of death o ikinamatay ni Joanna ay labis na pambubugbog. Nagtamo rin daw si Joanna ng broken ribs o pagkabali ng buto sa tadyang, iba't ibang sugat at trauma sa balakang at kidney, at pagdurugo sa loob ng katawan o internal bleeding. Hi, ako si Earl, ang inyong Camp Master sa Philippine Campfire Stories Podcast. This podcast is about stories of myths, legends, and true horror stories from the Philippines narrated in Tagalog, powered by Podcast Network Asia. Listen to Philippine Campfire Stories available in all major podcast platforms. Back in the Philippines, The public sparked an outrage which seeks to end the violence against overseas Filipino workers. Meanwhile, speculations about Joanna being a victim of illegal recruitment have circulated the mainstream media, which led to the authorities investigating the matter. Agnes Tobalias, the distant aunt of Joanna Demafelis, surrendered to authorities and told the PNP Criminal Investigation and Detection Group that she was not an illegal recruiter. She referred Joanna to Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Tobalias earned 13,000 pesos from a certain Ara Midtimbang, who was searching for potential OFWs to be sent to Kuwait. At Mount Carmel, Demafelis met the agency's assistant general manager, Mary Gaykanlas Abrantes, and secretary, Marisa Ansaji Mohamed, who fixed Her deployment records. According to the National Bureau of Investigation, Joanna was handled by the Fadilafar's Kuwait Kodor Recruitment Office while she was in Kuwait. Furthermore, the NBI also found out that the two employers who owned the apartment where Joanna was found dead were already her second employers. It is unclear who Joanna's first employer was, why she left and how she managed to locate the suspects of her murder, Nader Esam Asaf, and his wife, Mona Asun. The authorities in Kuwait have linked Nader and Mona to the murder of Joanna Demafelis. Officials were reported relating Mona as the primary suspect and mastermind of the slaying that prompted her husband to participate in the killing of Joanna. Based on the investigation, the couple registered Joanna Demafelis' name in the country's list of missing persons. It issued fake monthly salary checks in an attempt to cover up 
their cruel actions. Furthermore, publications from Kuwaiti journalists suggest that Mona's behavior is already enough to consider her as the mastermind behind the killing of Joanna. According to an interview with Nader's family, Mona had an aggressive, controlling, and possessive behavior that may have manipulated Nader to commit such violent acts. Mona also found ways to hinder her husband from communicating with his friends and family. In February 2018, Interpol conducted a search operation on both suspects. They arrested the couple in Damascus, Syria. Nader was transferred to Lebanese authorities, while his wife's custody remained in Syria. A month later, a Kuwaiti court sentenced the couple to the death penalty for the murder of Joanna Demafelis. Subsequently, a Syrian court found Mona guilty for killing Joanna, while her husband is also facing similar charges in Lebanon, his home country. Nevertheless, the Philippines Department of Foreign Affairs has vowed to support the Demafelis family in seeking justice. On March 3, 2018, Joanna was laid to rest in her hometown. Hundreds attended her funeral, including Labor Secretary Silvestre Bellio III. Family, friends, and sympathizers were wearing white shirts with Demafelis's photo and the words, Justice for Joanna Demafelis. The gruesome murder of Joanna Demafelis led President Rodrigo Duterte to order a ban on the deployment of Filipino workers to Kuwait, triggering diplomatic tensions. The president had promised to seek justice for Demafelis and other Filipino workers being abused by their employers abroad. He also dispatched commercial airplanes to Kuwait to bring back OFWs who wanted to return. However, Kuwaiti officials have criticized the Filipino worker ban, saying Duterte's statements have only served to complicate the situation further. President Duterte eventually lifted the ban, following the conviction in Kuwait of the suspects for the Demafelis murder. Uh, getting some 1,000 teachers. Maybe we can give them the preference. Yung marami mga mga maistra na nagtrabaho ng ganun. So, unahin muna natin sila. If they are adept and, uh, sa English uh, language, uh, I will be going to communicate with my friend how he can help us. Mm-hmm. But they estimate that within five years, we would be sending something like 100,000 English teachers from the Philippines. Ngayon, kung ito mga aging society, Japan, uh, basta yung wala na masyadong anak, uh, yun ang ano natin. So they would be a lot of uh, caregivers. Furthermore, Joanna's death prompted the governments of the Philippines and Kuwait to agree to fast-track a bilateral agreement in 2018 that promises more protection for tens of thousands of OFWs in Kuwait. However, a few months after uncovering Joanna's death, 
another Filipina OFW was murdered and sexually abused in Kuwait. Maria Constancia Dayag was found with her body covered with bruises and a cucumber inside her vagina. The Kuwaiti General Prosecutor's Office charged the OFW's Kuwaiti employer, identified as Bader Ibrahim Muhammad Hussein, with felony murder. However, there are no updates yet regarding this case. A few years later, another Filipina domestic helper was found murdered in Kuwait. Janelin Padernal Villavende was brought to the hospital by her male employer, where she was already declared dead upon arrival. Attending nurses reported that she was black and blue. Villavende died of injuries caused by the beatings she accumulated at the hands of her employers. Previously, Villavende had already reported to her local recruitment agency in September 2019 that she was being mistreated and underpaid. The death of Janelin caused another public outrage, which led the Philippine government to impose another deployment ban in Kuwait. Subsequently, President Duterte told the public that the government considers Janelin's tragic death an apparent disregard of the agreement signed by the Philippines and Kuwait in 2018 seeking to uphold and promote the protection of the rights and welfare of OFWs in Kuwait. Before lockdown measures were imposed due to COVID-19, President Duterte has expressed willingness to visit Kuwait and personally ask its government to hand out the maximum penalty to those responsible for the killing of Filipina domestic worker Janelin Villavende. The President has recently urged Congress to pass a law to create the Department of Overseas Filipinos to further enhance the government's support to the millions of Filipino overseas workers. PH Murder Stories would like to dedicate this story to the millions of overseas Filipino workers discriminated against and treated as low-class citizens in other countries. The dead cannot cry out for justice. It is the duty of the living to do so for them. For further updates, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at PH Murder Stories. And subscribe to our YouTube channel PH Murder Stories. If you have case suggestions, please go to our website at phmurderstories.com and fill out the request form at File Your Blotter. Did you like this episode? Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, or if you're listening on other platforms, kindly send us a review on our Facebook page or send us a tweet. You can also share our podcast to your Instagram and Facebook stories through Spotify. We're also inviting you to join our Facebook group, PH Murder Stories The Verdict, and participate in our discourse about true crime, both local and international. 
This group is a safe space for true crime and mystery fans like us who want to engage in thorough discussions about the subject. To all our listeners, we hope you could support us on Patreon. If you're fond of online shopping, you can also help our team earn a small commission by clicking our Lazada and Shopee affiliate links found in the description. Any amount you contribute will enormously help support our team to produce more quality content. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.